Guys, for real, it's me, Justin Robert Young. Oftentimes I do this intro for our PX3 podcasts, the interview specifically, and I say we got a good one for you. I'm not going to tell you that. Want to know why? Because it's not good. It's great. It's amazing. Invite me by favorite interview that we've ever done because it's a weird one. You guys know I like the weird ones. We are going to delve into the world, the history, the legacy, the community of political fan fiction. This one goes some places. I'm just going to let you know. It touches upon some sexual themes. So for whatever reason, if you're listening to this with somebody that you don't want to hear about sexual themes in front of, then you might want to save this one. Nothing super explicit, but... Ooh. Whoa, I'm just saying, it's a treat. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so by heading on over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. If you pledge at the $3 level, you get three solo podcasts a week, Monday, a free show on Wednesday, and another show on Friday. That is in addition to these interview shows that we are doing on Tuesday. But I've wasted your time. A minute and a half of it, no less. Let's begin. Politics, 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 politics. My guest today, and friends, this is going to be a good one, is Ann Jameson. She is a professor of English at the University of Utah. And you might wonder, you know, we normally have people that talk about uh, polls or fundraising or conspiracy theories. Why do we have a professor of English from the University of Utah on here? And I'll tell you why, friends. It's to talk about the world of political fan fiction. Ha ha! Take that, Slate! I bet you Political Gab Fest isn't chatting about this, but we are right now, and I'd like to welcome Anne to the show. Anne, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, and thank you. All right. So I had this random idea about whether or not there was political fan fiction, but before we go any further, let's draw a pretty big circle for folks who may or may not be aware of what fan fiction is and exactly how gigantic of a subgenre that it is. Uh, so l l let's start. What is fan fiction writ large? Well, fan fiction writ large today is stories that uh, people are publishing on the internet, usually not for profit, about stories and characters that already exist so that they didn't come up with on their own. Um, usually about, you know, popular culture, like right now, there's a lot of Avengers Endgame uh, fan fiction. Harry Potter had over a million stories written about it. 
that's the way it goes right now. And then, you know, celebrities also get a lot of fan fiction written about them. That's how it is on the internet. Before the internet, most recently, there were there were zines about shows like The X-Files and Starsky and Hutch, and before that, Star Trek. And it's really with Star Trek um, that we usually date sort of the modern era in fan fiction. But before that, Sherlock Holmes was a huge deal um, in what was called pastiche. Many, many people publishing, you know, fake Sherlock Holmes stories or just Spanish Sherlock Holmes stories. So that, and then, but before that, there really never was a time when people weren't writing stories about already established characters from mythology, from history, or from politics. Okay. All right. Now let, let's let's you know, get into this a, a, a little bit more because I've always thought of fan fiction very much as from, you know, the, I guess if, if I were to, as an amateur date it back, it would be early internet Usenet stuff. And then from there, the earliest incarnation of like fan magazines. But, but you're saying Star Trek is what takes it from a thing that people do sporadically to a community of fan fiction writers. Um, it's what takes it, it was, it's what takes, I would say, like the, what would you call the means of production into the hands <laughs> of a fans directly so that they, they're starting to make their own zines and write about these popular characters. Obviously, there were science fiction zines before that. Yeah. And they were writing what was called fan fiction. But in that terminology, fan fiction was just fiction that fans wrote as opposed to the professional writers. So it meant something a little bit different. Um, and then, but as soon as, like, as soon as Sherlock Holmes starts publishing, people start publishing parodies and pastiches of Sherlock Holmes stories because they were quite easy to imitate. They had a certain structure. Okay. Uh, uh, now, when when we say fan fiction, uh, for in case just to, you know, because I know for some listeners, you know, this might not be something that they hear about all, right. uh, you know, all that often. These are... They've heard of... They've heard of Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, probably. so certainly. Yeah, uh, th th that might be the best, most practical way to explain it. So uh, can you explain the sure. origins of Fifty Shades of Grey? Fifty Shades of Grey was a Twilight fan fiction published entirely on the internet by a writer then known as Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. The main characters were Edward, who was not a vampire, and Bella, who was not from from uh, or, or who was uh, working in the corporate world and when it was published commercially the writer became E.L. James and changed the names of the characters and that's really basically all she did she changed the names so that Edward became Christian Grey and Bella became Anna whatever her name was yeah um, and so that because it was, because it was not using the special world of Twilight or the vampires of Twilight or those rules, and because it was sort of taking those basic structures and putting them in this other universe, which was some kind of Seattle, um, <laughs> it was okay. It was, it was not, it was not violating anybody's copyright. You know, the, 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 <laughs> when she took the vampires away, basically those characterizations were so generic. Yeah. That, 
that, that and this surprised a lot of people. I, I would bet it surprised Stephanie Meyer too. Um, and, you know, maybe she could have made a case, but who wants to say my, you know, who wants to say, hey, this this soft core BDSM porn is too much like my young adult fiction. So. So, all right. So that never happened. I, I, I think that, that this, this kind of gets into a few of the uh, uh, next level elements of fan fiction that, mm-hmm. that make it all the more interesting, which is there is a community that are writing stories of all shapes and sizes, including mm-hmm. fans of the vampire teen series Twilight that want to write stories about them not being vampires nor have they ever met. So you are telling a totally side universe story that takes out a lot of the key genre elements, but yet people feel bound to the character of Edward and uh, Bella, I believe, right? That the, the, yes. the Twilight main character that now they want to explore it in, in a whole nother genre, right? Like that. This, exactly. this, this is how wide this particular area goes that you, you could be telling Harry Potter fan fiction where they're not English and they're not wizards. They now are at a, uh, a Arctic research station, but they have exactly. the same personalities uh, that they would in the original J.K. Rowling stories. Yeah. And, and so similarly with Harry Potter, because it's so huge in fan fiction, it is now basically a genre of fan fiction. So, you know, you send the young singers from One Direction to Hogwarts or you send, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the characters from Star Wars to Hogwarts. And basically everybody at Hogwarts is its own now, like you'd say, like a literary genre. It's a Hogwarts genre. Because now those rules become the only rules that you orbit this story around as opposed to the larger uh, universe that J.K. Rowling wrote. Right. Or, you know, so 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 the the popular universes can become like sort of the genre rules, you know, Star Wars, same thing. Right. You send you send Harry Potter to Star Wars universe. Um, so there's all kinds of mixing that happens. Um, and it's very easy for this to happen on the Internet because it's so easy to find things and it's so easy to share things and you can tag them so that other people can find them. So if you have a fan of, you know, somebody who wants to read Hogwarts stories involving, you know, Beyonce, that's yeah. very easy to find. All right. Now um, we're going to tag back to Fifty Shades in a second. But just to give people sure. one more qualifying idea. Give a uh, give us a stat that shows us exactly how big fan fiction is. Um. Well, let's see. Just of Harry Potter stories, mm-hmm. there are over a million published. Wow. Like you know, posted. Um, the current movie after that is either out or is coming out um, was based on a fan fiction, uh, fan fiction from the site Wattpad that said that the story got over a billion hits. Wow. Clicks. So these are large numbers. They yeah. are numbers that are larger than published fiction for sure. And there are, I mean, I, I've, I've, you know, no, I mean, specifically with Harry Potter, there are, these are voluminous. Like, like these, there are, there are Harry Potter fan fictions written from the perspective of other characters that are, uh, you know, dwarf the word count of the original J.K. Rowling series. Like there is so much yes. written about it. Yes, 
there are there are fan fictions that you know clock in over a million words. Like yes. All right. People have a lot to say. <laughs> and people have a voracious reading appetite. Now let's tag back to what most people think of when they think of Fifty Shades of Grey. And this is an undeniable part of the fan fiction community, which is what I have always understood, and correct me if I have the wrong nomenclature here, but slash fiction, the highly sexualized versions of a lot of these characters. Now... Uh, uh, that that was Fifty Shades of Grey got the reputation of being oh okay well here are these scrubbed of any trademarked elements of the characters uh, from Twilight but yet the defining characteristic uh, here is that they are banging in interesting and titillating ways right um, that is and that is in fact, what Fifty Shades of Grey is, although, you know, it was, to be honest, kind of tame by fan fiction standards, really, um, but not by, you know, I guess, published mainstream romance standards. One thing I would correct, though, is that Slash, among fan fiction writers and readers, Slash is reserved for same-sex pairings, usually like male-male, okay. that, that comes from Kirk slash Spock. Was the uh, etymology of okay. that kind of slash? Yeah. Um, so Fifty Shades of Grey wouldn't be slash, although there is probably Fifty Shades of Grey fan fiction <laughs> that is slash. Because there is no end. This tale does not end, right? Like of fan fiction. No. Fan fiction becomes popular, which begats fan fiction, which begats fan fiction, which begats fan fiction. Yes, that is how it works. All right. Uh, uh, in terms of the erotic fan fiction, uh, uh, although I, 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 you know, if in unless I'm mistaken, there is a huge element of queer writing in in fan fiction, in, in erotic fan fiction. Very often, it is yes, it is queer, right? A a lot. There, I mean, there there's a lot. There's a lot that is het heterosexual as well. Yeah. And then I would have to say there is a lot that is just not sexual at all. It's just that the, the stuff that gets famous or the stuff that people most um, immediately think of is the stuff that is less likely to find a commercial publisher or is less like, you know, material that would make its way into any kind of commercial publishing. And that tends to be, you know, this, the, the porn. Yeah. Um, not that it's not important. It's just I feel like it gets overemphasized. Um, yeah, you know, it, 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 it seems like like fan fiction is a community like a lot of internet communities where if there is a sexual element to it, that will always be a fixation point for people that are just kind of driving by and they're like, oh, look, this is, right. a, this is the sex thing. And it's like, right. yes, and there's more to it. <laughs> No, sure. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of, you know, there's all kinds of, all kinds of things going on, all kinds of like kids writing stories about things that they love that you then want to really try and keep them away from the grownups writing very different kinds of stories, yeah. about the same things, you know, cause it can be a great thing for kids to do, but you don't want them finding all of the Thomas the Tank Engine stuff. Trust me. But. <laughs> all right. So now if you have come into this and you had no idea what fan fiction is, we now have, I think, laid down enough of a primer for what this community is. So now I have some questions about 
the history or proliferation of presidential or political fan fiction. How is this something that has gone on for, for forever? I, I wouldn't even have thought that this is something that had a history to it. Well, it truly does. And it, especially if you take, if, if you take it and there's a large um, element in today's political fan fiction of satire, um, I think a lot of the Trump Shrek slash that you find on the internet is not written by genuine loving fans of Trump. Um, but that that is, has a more satirical feel about it. And I was just reading, I was reading, you know, uh, satire by Seneca from 54 CE about oh the God. recently murdered Claudius. Um, that people apparently felt like this was like a little bit too spot on um, for, you know, this recently murdered um, emperor. But so, I mean, that is a very old tradition, you know, put it that yeah. way. Okay. So Shakespeare, arguably, in some of his history plays, is actually like portraying some um, contemporary political issues. Um, that's certainly nothing new. I have, uh, uh, I'm researching the Fan, t- uh, fan fiction about soldiers that the Bronte children wrote before they were writing like Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre and things like that. Um, and maybe most sort of famously in France before the French Revolution, there was a whole culture of what was called libelles um, or libels that were written about like Marie Antoinette and, you know, lots of other political fiction uh, figures that were really salacious, often pornographic. Um, <laughs> this is probably true also about Catherine the Great in Russia. So writing, you know, satirical pornography about royalty has yeah. a huge and pretty influential, you know, tradition. That is still, you know, very much active in political fan fiction. Is, today. is, is that is that where the term libel comes from? Um, I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that that's where it comes from. Yeah. I think that they were called libel because of the because, word because, libel. Because, yeah. because, that's fascinating. Because that because that would mean something materially different if if this is presented as fiction. Although I guess the royals probably saw it as you know. Uh, trying to spread mistruths. Uh, but I guess now in our modern world of uh, suspending disbelief, that might look a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, and also, we're not murder-mad autocrats, which also helps. Right. Most of us. Most, most, most. Most of us aren't. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies for my murder-mad autocrat listeners for your, uh, for your offense. Uh, uh, okay. So there is obviously a, a history here in terms mm-hmm. of our modern fan fiction, you mentioned something that I cannot let pass. Trump slash Shrek. <laughs> this is a genre. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a genre. <laughs> uh, and I guess it is exactly what you might expect. I mean, uh, that, that is, it is that, exactly. Yeah. Uh, wow. Shrek does also, it seems like it, it has its own Shrek has his own uh, weird erotic life amongst internet denizens. <laughs> like that is not the first time that I have uh, seen uh, or, or or heard tell a, a a joke or an internet video about people lusting after Shrek for whatever reason. I think in this case, Shrek in the musical sings about building a wall, oh. and so you know it writes itself really. <laughs> 
All right. All right. Well, here. So there's 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 the tidbit. That's what's going to go to sell the episode when I put it up on social media. But uh, now that that's out of the way, uh, uh, there was a book that I found uh, or, or Tamar uh, found for me in, in research, which was uh, a, a book about, I mean, I guess presidents have always been celebrities. Like, like you said, all royalty mm-hmm. leaders have, have always been celebrities, but it, it seems like in this day and age, when we have, you know, a, a television, radio, mass media that makes our leaders indistinguishable from our celebrities and pop stars. And as you know, Trump is, was somebody that was a television star before he was a president. I, I would guess that this would heighten the uh the 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 desire to write crazy stories about them is that the case um it you know in in trump's case it's a little bit different there's there's not that much although there is some genuine sort of like fan fiction written about trump that is coming from a place of love and enthusiasm sure. for trump There's some like there's, you know, Melania and Trump hang out and, you know, he comforts her for about the mean things that the lamestream media has been doing or whatever. Sure. You know, fake news is like the common. You have you have some of those. But I would say most of it. And this seems to be true globally. It's a lot of, you know, this Trump Putin, obviously a big pairing. Big uh, slash. Big um, slash. Yeah, big, big slash tearing. And, you know, in ways it can be a little bit homophobic, to be honest. Um, And so, like, there's 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 all of that. But for other figures, like I was recently surprised at all of the just really genuine fan fiction there is about the Clintons. It's clearly coming from this place like, wow, you know, Hillary Clinton is so great and she can do all these things like let's have her fight crime or let's have her come in and like solve this global problem or, you know, and that's coming from a more sort of traditionally Spanish place of like, we didn't want this to be over. Yeah. We want, we want this story to keep going. And I, you know, I somehow didn't expect, and also just like a lot of fan fiction about like their relationships, the Clinton relationship, which I don't know, I got enough of that, you know? Sure. And I was a Hillary voter, so I was surprised <laughs> to see that. Yeah. Um, and then there's like Obama's, uh, Obama engendered, especially like Obama and Joe Biden was with a meme, but there are also stories like just that were sort of like, friendship fix like together they fight crime like almost like Holmes and Watson kind of story gotcha gotcha so, so that's it's not all mean no 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 uh uh but uh, you, you did touch on something very important there which is you know that there's a root of fan fiction in that I don't want this to be over you know Star Trek was something mm-hmm. that became a supernova uh, because it was beloved by so many people that just didn't want the show to end. They wanted something new. Right. And, and then eventually it was faith rewarded. Uh, and so w- would you say that the majority of let, let's, let's take the, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> the Trump stuff, which I guess would be kind of like political satire plus plus. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and just stick to the, like, I just want to tell more adventures of this person that I, liked uh do most of those things happen when they're gone or do, do were, were they no. posted when they were still there they're, when they're still there i mean there was a lot of there were like sweet love stories about the obamas you know uh michelle and barack some of them were even published on you know and like amazon 
you know, self-publishing. Yeah. Um, I got, I think, you know, pretty popular. Um, there are currently a number of stories about, uh, Teresa May and her husband in which Teresa May's husband comes and like, is a good husband to her after she's had a long day and like makes her toast. <laughs> like Comforting know? her on Brexit. Their fanfic about <laughs> Brexit <laughs> comfort. There, oh, there's like a whole, like there's like Brexit fan fiction is definitely a thing. Um, but a lot of times it's like, you know, escape fantasies. Like how do we get out of <laughs> so they're writing. So so the fan fiction is just a, a political thriller of how we negotiate our way out of Brexit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like there was a lot of like there was a lot of what was called true Obama slash when Trudeau and Obama had like a what we call a meet cute, you know, they had kind of a meet cute, and then that was a big couple. And then similarly, when Trudeau and Macron met, um, there was there was a lot of of that pairing too. And those were you know just sort of like. I think kind of in the genre of, oh, look, cute boys. Let's write about them. Sure, sure. Uh, is are, are, are there any historical presidents that are that are kind of outside uh, uh, the last uh, decade or so that draw any kind of particular fan fiction interest? Well, I just read a Kennedy Khrushchev story about the Cuban missile missile crisis. That was kind of a surprise. <laughs> so, <I laughs> and so that so Kennedy Khrushchev slash, but it's during the Cuban <laughs> missile crisis. Um, and then there was, um, you know, I mean, arguably Abraham Lincoln, you know, zombie hunter, right? That sure, was, that was commercially published. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I think you know. The, <sighs> It's that was just, Vampire it's, it's Hunter, right? Fine, vampire yeah, Hunter. And there's, yeah. Oh, Vampire Hunter, right. Yeah. The same guy who wrote the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And Zombies, yeah. So the, um, I mean, political figures get written about in commercially, in commercially published work also. Sure. Um, and whether that's, and people would argue about whether that's fan fiction or not, you know, so if you're writing historical fiction that features, you know, George Washington as a character or something like that, is that really fan fiction? Well, you know, some people would say no, because it is being commercially published. And some people would say yes, because it's doing what fan fiction does. Um, and so certainly you get, you get, you know, stories written about famous people when they're dead. That happens all the time. Yeah. Um, I think somebody somebody said there was like a Warren G. Harding fan fiction, and that surprised me. Deep cut. I haven't found Deep it yet. Cut. But yeah. <laughs> if anybody has, if anybody can find the Warren G. Harding fan fiction, please send it my way, <laughs> theyoungamerican at gmail.com. I will make sure that it gets into Ann's hands. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I would, I would bet. Uh, that there is some, you know, Kennedy fan fiction out there from back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, people were even, you know, people were writing this kind of thing, especially young people, like long before they they would have known to call it fan fiction or they would have published it anywhere. You know, people were just writing stories. So I bet, you know, you, you could find stuff like that. Based on your then research. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just like, of course, there's a lot of Hitler, like, I wouldn't call it fan fiction. Yeah. But, you know, political figures consort with Hitler pretty frequently. He seems to be a popular side character, right? <laughs> people, yeah. People are constantly <laughs> interacting with old Adolf. Uh, yeah. All right. Based on your research, would it, it seems from what you've said that 
in general, while not exclusive, uh, passionate fan fiction writers tend to at least be interested in things that younger people are interested in. And mm-hmm. uh, I would guess female, and I would also guess more on the liberal side of the fence. It, it would, would, would those wash for, for what uh, your research indicates? For the people writing political fan fiction, I say usually. I wouldn't say always. I mean, there's a whole, I would say, you know, sort of Reddit and 4chan, you know, side of things that, that has a pretty, I would say more libertarian. I haven't seen a ton of right-wing fan fiction, like ultra right-wing fan fiction, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Sure. Um, it's just less likely to be in the places that, 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 that I, you know, run around in. Um, there's like, there's, but there's certainly like satire about leftist stuff as well. Um, mostly female, I think in political fan fiction, that's somewhat less true. I mean, pro- that, and, um, I've definitely seen political fan fiction written by, um, you know, people who are apparently men, um, and including one, there was a, there was a, a good adventure story that got a pretty popular, um, by a man named, uh, Andrew Schaefer that was about like the adventures of, of Joe and, and Barack. Um, <laughs> and I think that, that enjoyed a kind of popularity, although it was commercially published be- because it, you know, because it, uh, resonated so much with people's grief. Yeah. You know? Oh, so th- 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 this was post, <laughs> post 2016. Yeah, post post twenty sixteen, or maybe it was published like around twenty sixteen. But sure. I think it took off after uh, twenty sixteen when people were like, "Wow, it's really gone." Um, I I think there's a lot of there's a lot of young people writing it too. I, one of the best things that I found during the twenty sixteen campaign when I was teaching some of this material in in one of my classes was this. It's like a great high school fan fiction written by a high schooler that just took the entire um, presidential race and inserted it into high school and, you know, the various high school types and they were like dead on. They were so funny with Hillary as like the overachieving yeah. you know, class president type. And you can sort of, so, so I think a lot of kids actually like to write political fan fiction. Well, and who said more than I would have thought. Yeah. Who, yeah, who said that the youth aren't engaged? Come on. They're, they're, they're even going the extra mile and writing our fiction for fanfic for us. God bless you, kids. Uh, Ann Jameson has been our guest. She is a professor of English at the University of Utah. And a couple of years ago, you wrote a book about this subject, right? Yes, I did. It's called Fic, uh, Why Fan Fiction is Taking Over the World. Uh, and I, I'm assuming that they can get that Amazon everywhere else where uh, book, fine books are sold. Yes, they can. Amazing. Uh, uh, Anne, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, so much. If, if people want to follow you online, is there any uh, anywhere else that people can uh, keep in touch with you? I'm on Twitter at Prof underscore Anne. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your day. I don't know if I'll ever remove the phrase uh, Trump slash Shrek from my brain uh, but you want to know what I'll think of it as a memento of this conversation uh, uh, and thank you so well, much for joining us thank you for having me bye bye
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>